0: New York Artists Collective. Hi there and welcome to This Next One's About. I am your host, Stephanie Manns, singer-songwriter and co-producer of This Next One's About. This is a podcast dedicated to songwriting and in each episode I interview one of my favourite songwriters and we dig deep into the stories behind one of their songs. Today's guest is singer-songwriter Erica Swindell, Erica is a world-class violinist, and when she's not leading the orchestra for the Eagles and a certain Mr. Don Henley, she writes her own music and also performs on Broadway. Erica is here to talk about her first solo release called Phase, and if you stick around to the end of the show, I'll let you know how you can get your hands on an exclusive video performance of her song, Don't Be Yourself. Erica Swindell. yes (laughs) stop giggling welcome to the podcast thank you for having me my pleasure so um for the benefit of our listeners we know each other quite well
1: yes we do we do so how
0: how do we know each other
1: well sometimes you let me play music with you which is really nice that's true
0: um a lot of the times when when i can afford you really and i loved (laughs) it very expensive (laughs) you are very expensive we played on stage and i made i made some sort of joke about paying and you you were like you pay me (laughs) i was like thank you so much (laughs) But I'm so excited to interview you. So you are releasing your first ever solo project.
1: Yes. So I've been holding on to this for way too long. I've always recorded with other people and been a part of other people's projects. And um, this is my first time sort of finding my own voice and kind of pursuing what that sounds like, which can sometimes be a little nerve wracking, Mm.
0: turns out. Mm-hmm. I think we'll come on to that. Yeah. So first of all, you, you're familiar with the format of the podcast. So this is a podcast where we talk about songwriting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Big so, fan of the podcast, by the way. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So let's talk about your song. Mm-hmm. So what, what is it called? And how did you how did you write it? And then I'm going to grill you about some other things,
1: too. <laughs> well, that sounds. <laughs> ugh, ugh. Um, so the single is called Phase and i'm releasing it uh on the 28th of this month so very soon i recorded it uh <laughs> about a year and a half ago um at restoration sound with um lorenzo wolf in who's new york. also yes yeah. in brooklyn conveniently very close to my house love that <laughs> um he produced the track lorenzo and i have known each other for a really long time actually we kind of came up as little babies in new york and uh it's been really nice to see his progress. And he's also been a very um, supportive person throughout my journey, which has been really nice. The song originated uh, probably about a month after I had met my now partner. And it is about kind of like the lies that we tell ourselves. So if you read the lyrics straight down, just know that it's a total lie.
0: would you give me an example
1: um you know whenever it's something happens in your life do you want me to quote the lyrics actually Mm -hmm. yep um
0: can i make you really uncomfortable
1: oh god i hate reading my own words and talking about them no so the chorus basically just says he's just another phase a way to pass the days you know to find some joy basically like it's not a big deal i'm gonna get through this you know the song's kind of like about working through other unhappiness at the time I was seeing somebody else kind of in the dregs of the last bits of a relationship and when you're unhappy like that I think a lot of times you'll just tell yourself lies basically to kind of justify your behavior in your life choices (laughs) sometimes when you meet people they scare the shit out of you and that's kind of what had happened to me so I was like feeding myself all these lies about
0: It's nothing. Why
1: it wasn't going to be a thing. You know, I try to write songs all of the time, but it seems to me that the only songs that I manage to record are the ones that I write within like an hour.
0: I hear this very, very often when people come in and they talk about their songs. And some people, their favorite ones are usually the ones that they write very quickly.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that they just kind of like come out of you and only need a little bit of editing as far as lyrics are
0: Mm -hmm.
1: concerned or even just chord structures too it's just like they come out of you and that's I think the most frustrating thing about being a songwriter is that there's nothing reliable about that process
0: mm, that's true
1: <laughs> so yep. I wrote this song and kind of had like a you know crappy phone demo of it and I brought it to my friend Christine Cruda who is an amazing cellist ranger, and has her own orchestra here called Little Cruda um, and she along with Lorenzo kind of were the first two advocates of me doing my own music. And she arranged um, a full kind of orchestral backing for that song. And we performed it about a year and a half ago, right, after I had gotten to the recording process. And so that was kind of whenever someone else brought their voice to it. And that was kind of the beginning of the sound, basically. So you'll hear a lot of strings on my music. That's mm-hmm. where I come from. That's my identity yeah. as a violinist. and. I really wanted to use that in sort of a non-country and non-Americana way for the first time
0: in my own journey.
1: And that's kind of where she came in. And she was a great partner for that.
0: You had a project before that was not a solo project. And that was very much in the Americana vein. Right. And also the project, and I haven't introduced this to our listeners yet, but your big project is you are the concert master for the Eagles Hotel California tour. That is correct. Yeah. So you play for Don Henley in the Eagles. Yes.
1: Um, Which I don't know how that happened to me, but Mm -hmm. it's
0: exciting, I suppose. But in terms of, I guess, where I was going with that was just in terms of the genres that you're used to playing. And they're Mm -hmm. typically that sort of very Americana. Americana.
1: Yeah. Very folk based. That's kind of, you know, I got brought on for Don's country album, basically. Mm -hmm. So that's I grew up in Texas and that's kind of like where my perspective is a lot of times. That's kind of the types of music that I used to be very drawn to to write as well. And still am. But for now, this project, I think, is a little more pop-based than my past Mm -hmm. projects that I've been involved on. Um, But I use strings as sort of like the building pad for everything. So as opposed to working from an acoustic guitar, even though there is an acoustic on the record, it's more like I'll go into the studio, hook my violin up to all sorts of weird distortions, and just build kind of like a string section first
0: Mm -hmm. and then
1: layer on top of that.
0: Well, Erica let's take a listen to the song and I have many more questions for you afterwards but this is Erica Swindell and Faze. Oh
1: darling he's just another phase a way to pass the days oh boy to find some joy I think of him more than I should Good. So please please don't let this fade
0: Erica, that was phase. I have some thoughts oh, that I want oh, to explore. I'm kind of scared, but I can't wait. It's fine. Okay. Nothing too scary. I'm delighted that the phase that we were talking about and the person that we were talking about in the song is now your sort of your lobster, <laughs> shall we say? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, I hope everybody gets that reference. And if they don't, then you yeah, know they need to watch the should investigate.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which I, I think is lovely. And I it's such it's so nice that you were kind of you overcame that fear that you had meeting that person that was like, oh, shit, this is really somebody that I want to have in my life. Mm. So I'm very happy for you. By mm-hmm. way. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Also, in terms of the song, you're not keen to kind of label yourself as an Americana artist with this. But there, is some, but there is something I would say almost Nick Cavey slash Americana about mm-hmm. it because there is a, like, the vocals are sort of quite haunting mm-hmm. in the melody. And the guitar, the, the guitar mm-hmm. has something about it that's definitely Americana, but it's also got that sort of Civil War's John Paul White and spaghetti western. 100%. I was gonna say spaghetti oh, yeah, that's western. That's what we were going for. I mean, it. I think yeah, I wanted to I make. Thought you would hate me for no, saying no, no, that. no. That's exactly
1: like what Lorenzo uh-huh. and I talked. Well, Lorenzo and also my brother Tyson Swindell, who's a musician himself, was a huge part of this recording process, and he played a lot on the record, and um, has also been like a very big uh, mentor to me moving through my own music but we absolutely sat in the room and said you need like a like an electric sound but like it needs to be just like gritty and tinny and spaghetti western and that's mm-hmm. kind of where that came from along with the guitar and the way that we decided to do the vocals I wanted it to feel like that sort of like tumbleweed yeah setting
0: it kind of gives me west world vibes it, absolutely mm-hmm. yeah yeah. But
1: I wouldn't, but it's different than writing a straight up Americana song. You know, yeah. it was, it's more of a feeling than a genre yes. in this song.
0: Okay. Now, I'm very excited for the, the solo release that you have. So this is one of a few releases this year. So you, about, so mm-hmm. you recorded a bunch with Lorenzo and you'll be re- re- releasing a bunch of singles this mm-hmm. year. Now, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is, why now? You have, I'm not finished. Mm. You have been self-described or self-identified as like the sideman for a number of people in their projects mm-hmm. and really good at it as I'm sure you're aware mm-hmm. and you really enjoy doing it and you like and one of the things that I love about you is that you really enjoy lifting people up you love elevating other people and their art and you do it for joy you don't do it for the money as I know because I don't pay you <laughs> you pay me mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that about you. And I you can work with musicians, you can work for, you know, hired guns and they do it. You know, they are hired guns. They're very good at what they do, but they often don't necessarily do it for the love of it. Right. And that is something that I found very different when working with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we have worked together over the last year and a little bit and we've started, you know, you've pulled in a couple of different people to work with me. I've sort yeah. of found such a difference in the creative community that you that you work with. Also, and that you sort of want to work with and yeah. why that you, you want to work with them. So in terms of doing your own project now, you were, you know, in a band a couple of years ago with somebody, you work with Don Henley and that's quite a, mm-hmm. it's quite a big project. And it also has...
1: Common Jack here is definitely, definitely one of the people that I collaborate with quite a bit. Yes. yeah,
0: Common Jack, John Gardner, we've had a podcast together. That was really I'm fun. I'm so
1: sorry. It was probably terrible. It was awful. <laughs>
0: so, so terrible. Um, no, it was great. So tell me what has led you to finally releasing your own stuff independently, solo artist. You know, it's taken you a while to do it. You've, you've talked about it right. for a little while. I'm really proud of you. I'm really glad that Thank you're getting you it know. out there. So tell me why. You know, I think that
1: it has been very comfortable for me to be sort of this supporter, sideman, contributor, because I come from a background in theater and also as a strings player, you so often play with an ensemble and so for me collaboration brings a lot of joy and those are my comfortable roots and I think it's a really scary process to put your own music out there and I think a lot of people who don't maybe write music themselves don't realize kind of how you're basically you know ripping your ribs open opening your heart dumping it on the table and saying Please like me, <laughs> which is a lot, and um it's funny because, as an actor too i I never feel that way about acting because with songwriting, it really is like reading your diary out loud with some chords underneath it to people, and not always, like not every song is extremely personal. sometimes it's about other people's lives and not your own. but these first few songs for me are very personal, and um I think that i was so comfortable being the support for other people that I've had to find that for myself through myself, which is not an easy task all the time. And it certainly didn't just come about because of just me, you know, all of the people that I've mentioned prior to this have sort of been a huge reason why I felt comfortable enough to put it out there and I think you just kind of know when the moment comes you know I've had these songs recorded for a little bit and you know been working and touring a lot lately so always kind of felt difficult to put them out and find the time to do that but uh at the end of the day it's like you can't just make a baby and then put it in a closet
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're not suggesting people do that either I just want to have a disclaimer on this podcast, so that is not what we're suggesting. Oh, uh, never shake a baby, never shake it <laughs> or put it in the closet. And leave Please it.
1: don't do that. No, 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 no. But that's sort of what music to me always feels like. Create you're creating new life because at the end of the day, once you release it into the world, you know, people turn it into their own relationship, their own memories, their own feelings. People like, relate I, to it, yes. Yeah, I see this all the time. Whenever you know, I've been playing with larger artists who they've had fans for years and years and years. I'm talking like 50 years plus you can see it on their faces when they hear these songs and listen to these songs and sing along with them that they have attached their own lives to these songs. And I think that that's what every songwriter hopes for in a weird way, because that's what the scariest part of it is, is to put your song out there and for that kind of um, sort of judgment or assessment from strangers. But then the hope is that they will find something about what you've written that rings with them. That really maybe makes them feel something, no matter what it is. Because they're going to connect their own meaning to that. Yeah. That's it why it's time to do this. Because I hope that there's anybody, just one person maybe, that might listen to these songs and
0: Hear be inspired.
1: Them. Or... hear them is a great way to say it I mean that's all inclusive you know
0: good well congratulations I'm so glad that you've finally decided to do it um yeah I know you've been talking about it for a while and I remember last year you went to Texas and you were like shooting videos and all of this stuff Mm -hmm. and so I'm I've been chomping at the bit for you to (laughs) is it champing or chomping whatever champing is that a British thing yes it's a British thing I'm sure it's champing.
1: Uh, I always make fun of you for my, your preciousness.
0: Oh, so many because I come out with them at gigs, and you're like, "That's not a thing."
1: <laughs> like, I hope I don't say that over the mic, but I know that I do. <laughs>
0: yeah, you do. It's fine. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a moment. <clears throat> now, one thing that we talked about a moment ago that we sort of glazed over was you mentioned acting. Mm-hmm. So you are a Broadway actor, also. Yes, you. You wear many hats, Broadway and acting being one of them, and acting being really your first passion. Right.
1: So the beginning of the story is I started violin when I was three. My mother was a very big advocate of all of us having music in our lives. And I continued through high school and um, studied for those 15, 14 years. When it came time to choose schools, as you do, I auditioned for both music schools and acting schools. And I remember... Really feeling uncomfortable in a classical world because when I was going to college, there weren't any pop or sort of like rock programs for a strings player, Mm -hmm. which is crazy to me because now my entire job consists of playing for rock and pop projects. Mm -hmm. I mean, I might occasionally play classical music, but that's never been part of what I do. So I chose to go to acting school because I felt much more comfortable in that collaborative environment. And then after that, did The whole New York thing and went on tour with it. And that's kind of how I ended up into the job I have now with the Eagles um, and with Don because of just being seen in a show. Um, But for me, they're not different worlds because what I see in both of them is communication and being able to reach other human beings and give them a message that might make them feel something with performance.
0: So acting and music, not terribly different things in what one is trying to do with them. But how do you find balancing the two? Mm. And I know that music is your moneymaker, right? And I'm so envious of that because I'm like, <laughs> can music not be my moneymaker? Um, but, you know, acting is, is also a passion. I would, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you balance the two very well. And, like, I know that you've been renewing your fervor for the auditions recently absolutely. but in terms of erica swindell musician erica swindell actor you're really erica swindell artist correct now how do you find that people receive that i
1: don't think that either industry is very comfortable with the idea that there is such a thing as someone who has equal parts and equal footing in both careers you know whenever i First started this job with Don. Everybody in the acting industry. I remember running into so many people, and them just saying, "Oh my God, you left the industry. That's great." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's just not the way that it is for me. I've always been both since I was three years old. This has always been the way that it is. And I would love to reinforce the idea that you can be more than one thing. If you look at David Bowie, who we were talking about earlier, the only way to properly describe him is as an artist and no, I'm not comparing myself to him in, by any means. I'm just saying that that was a person who was a complete artist. He did all of the things and there's not one proper way to really describe him. You know, a Dolly yep. Parton, like you mentioned again, the same kind of thing, like somebody who just is themselves in the industry and provides art in whichever way that, that, that it comes.
2: Mm.
1: So that's sort of what I want to do you know I I really bought into the idea that you had to choose for a while and I just don't I don't believe that anymore
0: it's interesting how we're seeing that shift and I think it's happening but I think it's happening gradually like someone for instance like Reese Witherspoon
1: Mm -hmm. who love her love Love what she's doing right now right oh my god
0: started off you know has been an actor Mm
1: -hmm. since
0: early childhood I guess from what eight years old or something like that yeah very young yeah very young um, until and it has been considered an actor until recently. Whereupon now she has, you know, she. I think she started. I think just everyone loved her, followed her mm-hmm. Instagram. She started reading books and sharing what she was reading. Started the Reese Witherspoon Book Club. Right. The Me Too thing happened, and she was like, "I need to get more involved. I need to get more women involved. Mm-hmm. I need to get more women directors." And she started a production company, yeah. and she's big you know, she's, little lies. Yep, big amazing. Lies. Started directing. She started, mm-hmm. you know, producing and all of this stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's you know, to this idea of she's more than just an actor now, she's quite the powerhouse, but she's also, you know, an artist in a, in a way that we're kind of reconsidering what that means. Right.
1: I think especially as women, you know, we kind of have a job right now to bring a fuller perspective to what it means for us to be in the industry, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, so many of us are multifaceted and have more talents than just just songwriter, just producers we can be directors we can be engineers and i've kind of made it a huge part of my journey to try to associate with other female artists who are advocates for that kind of thing you know christine cruda who runs little cruda same thing she tries to involve as many women in her projects as possible and i just think that that's what we have to do now to try to reset the balance
0: another thing we were talking about and also something that i discussed on the last podcast with Aki Burmese, was being an artist in your own right, but also being an artist within a bigger project or, you know, within a, a shared project mm-hmm. An Aki being part of Lake Street Dive, but also being, you know, an independent artist in his own right. And in the last year, I think you know he was more formally asked to be part of the band. So I think he was sort of almost gun for hire, but he fit so well into what they were doing. Right. You know, they actually proposed to him. It was a really cute story. Oh, really? Yeah, it was oh, really I really love sweet. that. Need to we'll, we'll <laughs> listen to the episode to, to hear about it. But it was really cute. But it was really funny because Aki and I are friends, but I I've never asked him about it until oh, the podcast. Yeah. And it was so interesting to hear how his perception has changed mm. of the industry, mm-hmm. being that kind of, I think you call it piece of a machine. Right. You know, within a much bigger project. And something like the Eagles, I mean, like, Lake Street Dive, love them so, I respect them so much. They are incredible musicians, all of them, but haven't mm-hmm. going, at, you know, as long as, you know, like the Eagles, which right. is just been going 50 plus years well yeah exactly and it's like that kind of blows my mind in the sense of like they've been going for 50 years Mm -hmm. have a huge following but in terms of the way that we are now expected to make it as musicians that it's it's very very different
1: so different the industry couldn't be more different Mm -hmm. from their era yeah you know i always look out in the crowd and i think wow, there are some people here who come to every show. And not only that, but there are people here who have been fans since they were so young and for years and years and years. You know, back then you had to wait until the album came out, wait in line at the record store, buy the album, go home, listen to it over and over and over, wait until they went on tour, buy the tickets, go see them in person. That was your only access to the artist. And now it's like you can just go online and you can literally see them talking to a camera on Instagram on their stories. And we're so accessible. It's so different. You know, everything now is just free. So it's sort of like to go from working for someone who has copyright over their entire catalog, which to me is so admirable and amazing because now you have to put things out all the time, and a lot of times for free, or with no control over how they end up, because the world moves at such a different pace now, yeah you know people's attention spans are different, fans' attention spans are different. The way that people are introduced to music is a completely different thing, even the idea of spotify i 'm sure to most of most of them might seem horrible because that's like their worst nightmare in a lot of ways. I mean, I don't know that for sure, but I'm just saying that from that era that's what it would seem like to me. So, it's a different beast, you know. I think that like you just have to know that when you walk in each room, say I walk in that room for that job as opposed to walking in to Rockwood with you the other night, you just have to know where you are and and who you're standing in front of and how to adjust to it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you have to have a very malleable ego
0: <laughs> well that was kind of something that I was trying to formulate a sentence around was you don't have an ego because well, oh god and one, I'm
1: more self-deprecating
0: <laughs> but the joke that I you know like I, I love introducing my band and you know Jamie Jamie is awesome and that was the first time we played with them but also it, I, I sort of wanted to make light of the fact that the night before our show you were playing Madison Square Garden with Don Henley. And then the next <laughs> night you're on stage with me. But to me, <laughs> like, that that doesn't feel strange, you know,
1: because it's my reality. Like that is the balance of what I do. And I love it. And I wouldn't change it for the world because I think that it makes me so thankful for both times because there's so many gifts about being able to play in an intimate room. And I'm more nervous to play for like 10 people than I'll ever be to play for like 80,000 people because let me tell you, you see those faces and it just makes your knees shake in a lot of ways.
0: And the 80,000 you can't see.
1: Oh, not at all. They don't Mm -hmm. even feel real, you know. But I, I don't think there's room for an ego in a lot of ways because it doesn't do you a lot of favors at the end of the day, or at least me. That's my personal experience. I think the more you can be open to other people's input and collaboration and never being too big to be in any room I think the more that you're going to learn and that's really what I'm interested in right now and hopefully forever mm-hmm. as a musician and an artist in general yeah. because how else will you improve
0: I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> but I think you're right and I, I love as I said I love that about you because I was watching your stories is that correct I was watching your stories I was stalking you on yeah Instagram. okay perfect great. yeah and so someone sent you a photo of someone who was in the crowd. Mm -hmm. And in the crowd watching you was Sir Paul McCartney.
1: All right. Well, let's just be clear. He was not there to see me. I just happened to be playing that night. Fine. But you still performed in front of Sir Paul McCartney. I did. And Bon Jovi was next to him, but it's not a big deal.
0: I think that's bigger. No. So did I ever tell you I went to a Bon Jovi concert? And (laughs) I believe all of
1: this so far. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Go on.
0: My dad, I think he was, my dad was working at the stadium. So, got, got mm-hmm. tickets and got the. We actually got these golden circle tickets where you get on stage. Ooh. And Bon Jovi came up to me and sang to me. <laughs> and I got Bon Jovi sweat on myself. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And you still haven't washed that arm. Nope. No, it was, <laughs> he actually, it was face to oh. face. So it was like forehead sweat That's, to forehead. Ooh. That's intimate. Yes, it was. And you, like, there were women there that had like the Bon Jovi um, tattoos and they okay. Looked, at me.
1: You and I have talked a lot about this. and I feel like my new life goal is to have someone tattoo my name and or lyrics on their body. <laughs> because that people ask you all the time, like, what do you think will mean, you know, this idea of making it, which I think is absolutely false, because I think there is the first job that validates you in your industry. And that's what people assume is making it. But then I'm sorry, you have a whole career to fill, so there's no, there's no such thing as making it. Except for someone tattooing your lyrics and or name on their body because of having that big of a fan. It happens. Just saying. We've seen it happen. If someone listens to this and tattoos my lyrics, send me a screenshot because I'm here for it. What if I do it? T- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wait, do you have tattoos? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that ones. wouldn't be so crazy. They really hurt, though. Yeah, they I mean, really they hurt. Did, they did really hurt. Anybody um, who tells you that they don't hurt oh, is I a hurt. liar. Oh, no, I know.
0: Really hurt. Mine, like that's that's mine. We have we oh. have. Yeah, I know. It's pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, I think we went off topic. Yeah. Um, okay, so Erica, we have covered a, a wide gamut. I don't use that word very often. I should use it more in my day-to-day language. I was here for it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. It will not be edited out. Oh. But no, we we have really covered the gamut this evening. Um, We've really touched on some interesting things. I think there's, there's more that I would love to talk about in terms of being the all-around kind of artist, how that's perceived, being a woman in music, how that is perceived. We don't unfortunately have time for all this, but I'm sure you and I can... I mean, that's a whole separate podcast, it you know is. what I mean? It really is. And I think that I do talk about it with some you know, women on the show. And I think what, what we often talk about, I think is more like women in music and the industry mm. and how we are treated or perceived or like how radios mm. will play us or not.
1: I could write a book
0: on that. Yeah. But in terms of wrapping up, your single comes out February 28th. Mm-hmm. It's called Phase. You it can is. save, you can, can you pre-save it now? You can
1: pre-save it now. You can
0: pre-save it right now. If you Google Erica Swindell or you're Erica Swindell at Erica Swindell. Mm -hmm. on instagram yes on all of the things and there will be more there will be another single before the summer
1: yes there'll be one more single Mm. coming soon
0: okay one thing that i love to close the show with and i don't think i've warned you about this so you're gonna have to think on your feet i love to ask people the top three songs they are listening to right now so Mm
2: -hmm.
0: on the imaginary ipod that you used to have you know how it would tell you like your top 25 most played songs what would the top three be for you currently this isn't about this isn't necessarily like top three of all time this is just what are you listening to right now
1: the steel drivers i choose you god i don't know what it is shout out to my boyfriend for this one because he sent it to me and i just think it's like so beautiful and so pure and Oh, and
0: he's like, I choose you with that one. All right.
1: (laughs) And hilariously, um, recently, just to be totally honest, I've been listening to every version of Orange Blossom special that ever existed. It's an old fiddle tune.
0: Oh, such a fiddle nerd. I know. I'm
1: sorry. (laughs) I love old Western music. I can't help it. Um, And then lastly, I would say I'm a huge Casey Musgraves nerd. And I just really love her song, Butterflies. I just can't keep enough of that in my ears at all times.
0: We were talking about Shane, because she co-wrote that or that was co-written by Shane McAnally. Right. Yeah. Right. Was Who was the other co-writer? Was it Brandy Clark or was it just Shane McAnally?
1: I'm not sure. I'd have to look that up. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, obviously we're both like huge nerds for mm. all of them. So big fan of that. I'm basically gonna start a campaign to try to be her fiddle player at some point. Yeah, those are my three songs. I love that a nerdy I literally listened to like twenty-four versions of Orange Blossom special theater.
0: I use see, sometimes when people tell me their top three songs, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh yeah, definitely cool. Or I'll look that up and I'm I'm just sort of looking at you with a blank expression going, Okay, what the fuck is this? You song? need
1: to listen to the Steel Drivers. That was like the band that Chris Stapleton was a part of for a long time.
0: I think I've heard of them, but I was more talking about this Orange Blossom fiddle thing. But I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Do you
1: know a lot about Western music? No. Okay, Western music is like Bob Wills, you know, like that old, like, kind of coming out of the cowboy genre. There's Mm. a huge difference between Western music and country music.
0: I know there is, but I'm not that familiar with Western music. Well,
1: I hope you look forward to getting a new version of Orange Blossom special into your inbox once a day for at least 30 days.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to expanding my musical horizons with you, Erica. <laughs> um, Erica Swindell, I'm so delighted that you came around and we were able to talk because we just shoot the shit yeah, usually. But this much. This felt a bit more, this, this, this more depth. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, but I'm, again, so delighted that you have new music coming out of your own. Congratulations. Thank you. Well done. About fucking time. <laughs> By the way, I think I should just call
1: this collection about fucking time because it's basically what everyone has been saying.
0: Can I copyright that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I will credit you. You get a point.
0: Thank you very much. And when is your next show?
1: My next show is TBD because I am still on tour at this point. So it'll probably be early June at this point. Okay. because that's kind of when I'm back in town.
0: If you need someone to back you up on (laughs) Triangle. I can do that too wait
1: triangle I, I didn't do. know that was one of your skills
0: sure wow why not a tambourine uh, triangle oh. some basic very... percussion cajon am mm. actually not not terrible on okay okay um, none
1: of those are sounds that I use but we'll we'll um okay.
0: backing, yeah. vocals? backing vocals xylophone sure xylophone yep.
1: yeah well wow, that's a bit complicated well you, I mean it's a lot to cart around but <laughs> that
0: too <laughs> we'll, we'll talk after yeah Erica Swindell thank you so much thank you for having me Erica Swindell, my amazing and incredibly talented friend. I'm so honoured to call her a friend, and I'm very humbled that she even plays uh, alongside me with my band. Now, you can get a hold of an exclusive performance of Erica's song, Don't Be Yourself, by clicking the link in today's episode. I sincerely hope you've enjoyed today's show. Please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast and check out all of our latest episodes. Now, Next time on the show, I'm very excited to interview one of Nashville's finest songwriters, Liz Longley. Um, who has recently made Kickstarter history by having her project hit record funding from fans, and the story about what led to that has recently been covered by Rolling Stone. So make sure you listen out for that one. And we'll also be talking about her brand new single and upcoming US tour. I am Stephanie Mans. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next time on this next one's about. New York Artists Collective.